Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I'm going to talk about the reason we aren't seeing prices listed at hospitals like you do at other businesses. Some new information will absolutely shock you and your wallet. And later, I've got great news for you if you're someone who takes road trips. So there's been this deep dive investigative report done by the New York Times that I talked about one by the Wall Street Journal back during the early part of summer. And now there's this new one from the New York Times finding that hospitals are not complying with the law at all like they should on disclosure of prices when you are going to be a patient in the hospital. It is an absolute national scandal that hospitals have decided it's better not to comply with the law, even if they have to pay the fines, than for you to have access to pricing data. Now, the crazy thing is this was something that is fully bipartisan. It was originally proposed by the Trump administration, adopted fully by the Biden administration, And there's great support for price transparency on hospital bills and hospital charges from everybody except the hospitals and the nation's health insurance companies. Why? Because they just flat out don't want you and me as consumers or employers that buy health coverage for their employees to have the information. But let me tell you, the information that the New York Times dug up is explosive because they found over and over again that the same procedure could be at a completely different price depending on who was paying, which insurer was paying, or listen to this one. This is crazy. So here's one from a hospital in Milwaukee, Aurora St. Luke's. So an MRI, if you have United HMO, $1,000 and change. If you have United's PPO, $4,000 and change. Same health insurer, four times the price in the PPO versus the HMO. But then the differences are so glaring as well for the same procedure, the same hospital, depending on your insurer. So here's one from Tennessee, the Erlanger Health System. To get a flu shot at the hospital, $54 with the Cigna plan, $104 with Blue Cross, $201 with United Healthcare. What does it cost for a flu shot at Costco Wholesale? I think it's $24.99. No insurance. 
I saw the other day I was in a pharmacy, a supermarket pharmacy that was giving away flu shots. Flu shots were free that day. I mean, when you should go to a hospital is when either you've lost your mind or you have something really wrong with you, you go to the hospital. Because what's happened with the hospital systems in the country is they have become essentially cartels in the cities they're in. Listen to this one from Memorial Regional in Florida for an MRI. An MRI with Cigna, 1800, with Humana, 2150, with Blue Cross, 2450, with a Medicare plan, 260. Same procedure. Now, the real secret, though, goes back to what I just said a second ago, and that is when you have a non-emergency event, get that done somewhere else other than the hospital. If I need one or my family member needs an MRI or a CAT scan, you don't go to a hospital. You go to a freestanding independent. They're going to treat you better. They're going to be on schedule, and it's going to cost a tiny fraction. And even as a cash payer, almost certainly you'll pay less than what your deductible is with the health insurance you have in a hospital. Hospitals have become incredibly inefficient, overpriced organizations for routine care. And you know the thing about why you don't want to go to an emergency room at a hospital. But the things that are going on with how you're charged for things. All right, so what does a pregnancy test cost, a simple pregnancy test, if you go to the drugstore? You can get them for a dollar at the dollar store. You can get them for a dollar at Dollar Tree. <laughs> but what are you going to pay, five, eight dollars, something like that? Okay, so University of Pennsylvania Hospital. Pregnancy test, if you have Blue Cross PPO, it's 93 bucks. It might be a blood test. You mean that I'm comparing apples to oranges? Maybe. Maybe. No insurance, though, at the hospital. It's $10. So I don't think you're okay. right about it being <laughs> the blood test. So 58 for HMO patients with Blue Cross, 93 for PPO patients. And if you're not an HMO or PPO but you have Blue Cross, then it's only $18. So it's not just the insurer you're with. It's which set of initials follow which of their plans you're in. This is bonkers. And the worst part of all this is we're supposed to have full price transparency and the hospitals are ignoring the law. So I got two ways to deal with it. One, we should strip any hospital in the United States that has nonprofit status of their nonprofit status and make them pay taxes if they don't comply with the pricing law, plain and simple. You know, we have all these hospitals hiding behind nonprofit status that are not nonprofit at all, paying administrators millions and millions, even beyond $10 million a year in pay, and pretending they're nonprofit when they're not that at all. A lot of them are supposed to provide charitable or community care. They're not doing that in order to have their nonprofit status the hospital sector of the United States is a rogue industry that has to be reined in. 
and something as simple as a president from the Republican Party, a president from the Democratic Party, there's consensus that these prices should be disclosed. This is a nonpartisan event. We need to increase the fines to a point, maybe it's $200 million fine for a hospital not disclosing prices, a billion dollars, whatever it has to be to make the hospitals comply with the law so that you and I, who now face all these co-payments and deductibles, that we have the ability to make the decisions the marketplace wants us to be able to make that we can't make right now. Sorry I got so fired up about that. If I were a hospital administrator and I showed up for care, I'd turn me away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, sort of on a positive note here from D in Virginia, they say, my tip is that I order my prescription glasses from Zenny. Then I submit a claim to my vision insurance and they reimburse me for all but the shipping cost. Even my insurance agent was surprised they paid, but I've submitted three different claims that have been reimbursed. So wait, that means a complete pair of frames? prescription lenses you pay five bucks and that's the total cost with your vision insurance okay that's pretty great and then this is from scott in colorado is getting an aarp card solely to access discounts on products and services worth it searching for discounts on google usually yields discounts if you look hard enough are their discounts any better typically also i'm concerned about data collection spam and junk mail from aarp and the companies they share data with Scott, you know, this is interesting because I've noticed in the travel field, there are a number of travel suppliers that now provide just straight out senior discounts where you show a driver's license to show your age rather than an AARP discount. So it is your choice as to whether or not you want to join AARP for the discounts. Um, The AARP membership may be useful to you at the time you're old enough to buy a Medigap policy, which is something you have to have once you turn 65 and go on Medicare. But in terms of the actual AARP discounts, I don't use them. I've been an AARP member since I turned 50, and I really don't use their discounts a lot. I forget about them. So, Scott, I'll tell you what, I will check to see if there are really great deals that I have been ignoring and missing, and I'll report back if that's the case. As far as the junk mail, I'm not finding I'm getting an enormous amount of junk mail from AARP. And this is from Richard in Maryland. He says, my home state's 529 plan did not make it onto Clark's approved list. I have three children, ages 13, 17, and 19, with 529 plans, all in age-based portfolios. Should I move the plans to an approved state, and what's the most practical way to do that? So your 17 and 19-year-old, Richard, they're both old enough that there's no practical benefit to moving the change in expenses is not going to be enough in the short term till their money is used up. For the 13-year-old, it may well be worth moving the money. Check to see what the expense ratio and other expenses are you're paying for your 13-year-old in the 529 plan in Maryland. See what that is in total. And if it is substantially more than 
my three-tier thing, 0 0.20, 0 0.40, or 0.60, that the expense is being less than that, move it to one of the 0 0.20 plans. It's a very simple process. You're allowed to move money from one state to another once a year with basically no hassle. And I want to tell you, I got a great tip for you if you're planning a road trip this is one that I'm really excited is out there to benefit you and your wallet. I think about over the years how many complaint calls we've gotten from people who are on a road trip in their own vehicle or in a rental vehicle, and they come upon a toll road, and the toll road has no humans anymore at the booths in so many states, so many of the toll roads, and then you end up being billed, if you don't have the toll reader required in that state, you end up with a huge bill, often with a rental car, it's the worst, where you get a big bill, and it's just one of those ugly things. I've had that complaint call again and again and again from people, and it's crazy that we don't have a nationwide system for charging and collecting tolls in the United States. The good news is, according to Toll Guru, there are 13 states in the United States that don't have toll roads. How about that? And so that's really awesome, but it's become a thing in more and more of the country, and as Governments, state governments, local governments have not had the resources in urbanizing, rapidly urbanizing corridors. They've been building more and more of these toll roads that are only electronically read. So piece by piece, there are solutions coming along, and these solutions are not perfect, but one of them is the uni the UNI, and the UNI is a single toll pass that you can use in 18 states. And it deals with something that I had a complaint about last time I talked about the tolls. When I talked about buying at a convenience store or a drugstore or whatever, when you get to a place, buying a local toll reader, registering that rental car to it temporarily that you've rented, whatever, well, with Uni, it is a portable device that you're able to use in right now 18 states that charge tolls. And hopefully Uni will spread to the other, was that 19 more states that charge tolls. So that we'll have this one way to pay tolls. And right now, Uni is generally states east of the Mississippi River that charge tolls. Just a couple are west of the Mississippi River. The western part of the country that has toll roads not included as part of it. But it eliminates the problem of the junk fees, especially for car renters. You have to pay junk fees to get one. You pay 15 bucks to buy a uni device, and then you have to deposit some money on it but then for someone like me who uh, used to rent pre-pandemic about 30 rental cars a year, now I'm renting about five a year, 
it means it's just something that can be in my backpack. When I get in a rental car, I can put it in it. You don't have to register the, the plate or tag, and you're just good to go. And so it is an alternative for the road tripper in you, whether it's in your own vehicle or you're in a rental vehicle, it eliminates the problem of these unstaffed toll booths that hit up your wallet. And a lot of them don't accept cash anymore at all. You can't go to a booth and throw coins in it. You have to actually have some kind of toll reader because where they kill you is pay-by-plate. Oh, man, you see those pay-by-plate signs? And that strikes terror in my wallet because so often you get ripped off on that. And that's the one I've had the complaints from a lot of people in rental cars where a 50-cent toll will end up costing them $25 on the pay-by-plate system. So the uni thing, if you want to know how to get one of those, what the deal is, it is something you can buy most easily on Amazon. And that would be a place for you to see about it. Or you can go to the website for it, which is CFX, C is in Charlie, F is in Foxtrot, uh, X is in X-Ray, W-A-Y, CFXWay.com. And you can see about it or just do a, whatever search engine you use, U-N-I, toll pass. And it'll show you how to get it from Amazon or wherever. But I love the portability of it. So ready for some questions? I'm ready for some questions. And I'm sure that what I said, I hope that someone can help us out with an equivalent because we looked for places west of the Mississippi River and we didn't see any equivalent kind of multi-state device. If you're familiar with one, please let us know. Lori in Virginia says, my sons are 20 and 18 years old. I would like to open accounts for them, maybe IRAs, instead of always buying them gifts for Christmas and birthdays. I love your podcast. I listen almost daily during my commute. So, Lori, you're not going to get any argument from me about having the savings habit develop in your 20 and 18-year-old. They both have to be working in order to do Roth IRAs. And you can contribute into them up to what your 20 and 18-year-old earn in a year on a job reported either on a tax return or on a W-2. And so you can do that Roth IRA. And the reason Roth, 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 instead of just IRA, you don't want to do a traditional IRA. You want to do a Roth because there's no tax deduction up front. But the money in it and all its growth over the years flows to your son's tax-free down the road and it's something they may not appreciate as emerging adults but down the road let me tell you they'll really appreciate it and do the Roth IRA if you do that at one of the low-cost companies which would be the three simplest Schwab, Vanguard, and Fidelity. And from Salima in Georgia we have received a great offer for our house from Zillow and we will probably accept it. We have not listed our house for sale, so we do not have an agent representing us. Do we need to hire a real estate attorney who can read the documents that we sign at closing, or is it okay to just go without one at closing? 
The Zillow agent said that the documents are generic closing documents, so we don't need anyone. Salima, first, congratulations that the offer you've received from Zillow is so favorable that you're done. You've got the buyer of your house. And I've talked about the e-buyers before, offer pad, open door, Zillow, the three bigs of it. I'm trying to think, there's somebody else who's been in it lately. Can't recall right now. But doing this as a way of selling takes all the showings out of the picture, all the, all the uncertainty, and you're done. You may not be getting quite as much for your house as you would the traditional way, but it makes selling the house ultra simple. Being represented by a lawyer is typically more important for a buyer than it is for a seller. You will have a closing statement. You'll be able to see if everything is in order and then proceed to the closing. So I don't know and I've never heard of a circumstance where it's been important for someone selling to an e-buyer to have a real estate attorney involved representing you. And this is from Vian in Florida. I saw an ad on Facebook to receive $750 a week from Aldi if you put their sticker on your car. It links to a rewards company and asked if you have asks if you have Cash App. Is this legit? It is not legit. When companies pay you to put their advertising wrap on your vehicle, you're not getting anywhere near $750 a week. The wrapping thing was all the rage 20 plus years ago and all the companies doing it then ceased to exist there's a very small marketplace for having a vehicle wrap now um, and being paid for it but you get paid a fraction of the 750 a week but there are a lot of scamsters out there that want access to your payment format in your case cash app so they can get at the money in your checking account And I can tell you that it would be the oddest of odd occurrences in any way that this would be legit. The odds are overwhelming. This is just one of the scams. And from Jim in South Dakota, I understand the importance of diversifying investments. Is it wiser to also invest using more than one company? If yes, what is an advisable number, two to three or more? Jim, there is no reason I'm aware of for it to be necessary for you to diversify what company you invest with. The investments that you go into are protected by their very nature of if you're in index funds or mutual funds, you don't have to worry about those all being in one company. And keeping things simple in this case, I think is just fine. And I want to thank you for joining us please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.